Hi, friends. Welcome to the Rock Your Joy podcast. I'm your host, Anya Rock, a woman, artist, entrepreneur, mom, and high-performance coach. I'm working on becoming the best version of myself and inspiring others to do the same. This is my invitation to you to be part of the collective shifting of consciousness. Let's choose love. Let's choose joy. And let's rock your joy one day at a time. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Rock Your Joy podcast. Today, my guest is Lauren Regula. She is a wife and mom of three amazing kids and an entrepreneur. She's also the founder of Strong Mom, Strong Fam, helping moms calm the chaos within themselves and take ownership of their bodies and lives. In her spare time, she is also a three-time Olympian and now Olympic bronze medalist. And um, it hasn't always been rainbows and butterflies. Over the last six years, she has spent moments in overwhelm and depression, particularly after the birth of her third child, and has really had to forge her way back through that, gaining confidence and finding ways to celebrate who she is and where she's at. And she's here to share her story of perseverance and inspiration. And I'm so excited to have her on the show today. So Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. It's wonderful to have you. I was sharing before we recorded that we have a mutual friend and she introduced us through Instagram, which seems to be the way all adult relationships begin these days. And so I've had the pleasure of following you over the last year or so, just watching your journey. Um, but I'd love to hear through you know, your words. Obviously, we heard your kind of official bio, but in your own words, um, you know, woman to woman, what has been your journey um, from BC roots? We shared we're both Canadian, which I love, and um, to the woman you are today. Yeah. So honestly, the first word and phrase, and kind of if I want to wrap up my journey in a, with a bow, it would be in the fight, like everything. There's nothing been handed to me, right? Born to a really small town of very young parents. My my parents were teenage parents. And everything that has come into my life has been created and fought for. And I think a lot of times people can look at, oh, you know, three-time Olympian and have this idea of, oh, things must be easy or lucky her or you know, make your own story up of, of what someone say who has made it to the Olympics, what that life or journey would look like. But even as a 40 year old mom of three and going back to the Olympics as a mom of three, and I was just short of my 40th birthday um, by like a week, but that was also a fight. It was a very up and down journey, postpartum depression after my children, not being on a field. Um, so really every time I think of what my journey represents and, and how I'm here, I've had to fight for everything I've gotten, but I'll never stop fighting. And I'm excited to keep fighting even now. Beautiful. So take us through the journey of three-time Olympian it means, you know, you were playing the sport. Were you an Olympian before you had children and kind of take us through the early years into, I imagine the transition into motherhood was its own epic transition. Um, and then we'll get into these more recent experience. Yeah. So I grew up in a small town of 
British in British Columbia and went to Oklahoma State University to play softball. Like softball was my love, uh, but it didn't become my love until I was a little bit older. People ask me all the time and I didn't even start playing till I was 11. I didn't know I loved it till I was probably 15, 16. And so I went and played college. And then right out of my college years, I went to the 2004 Olympics, the 2008 Olympics. And then I hung up my cleats. I got married in 2007. So I had one Jersey as my maiden name Bay at the Olympics. And my next Jersey in 2008 was as my married name Regula. And I thought softball was done. That was, it was time to move on for a fa- to a family. I was in my late twenties. It was just the next evolution. I was so excited to move on. And like you mentioned the transition to motherhood, I think when I really look back on it, I think it played into a lot of the mental struggles that I had after having kids, because I went from a singular focus, Lauren, the softball player, everything, eating, breathing, living, you know, everything was softball and how I was going to get better. And all of a sudden was, you know, poof, dropped into the life of motherhood. We had three kids in three years, almost to the exact day. And so that transition was pretty, pretty tough. And I went through postpartum depression. And like I mentioned, I I think when I really take a step back and look at it, I think it was postpartum in addition to losing every piece of identity that I had had for the last, you know, 10 years of just Mm -hmm. one singular focus. And so I was in the thick of it. My husband and I were doing everything we could to keep three kids, three and under happy fed. I was trying to just keep my head above water. And we decided in the middle of it in 2014 to move and start our own business. So we're just piling on all the things that we (laughs) want to do, which wasn't very helpful when I was going through really bad mental struggles. But again, like everything that's happened for me has led me to this path where I am today. So then all of a sudden it's 2016 and I got a random message because they needed some help pitching for team Canada. Hadn't stepped on a field. It had been eight years since I touched a ball. I just, I was done with softball, but I went back and played for two months. So I went to the world championships and we, you know, came third in the world, uh, world bronze medal. And then packed up my cleats again, packed up my glove, figured that was it. And then I had an opportunity as an almost 40-year-old mom of three to get back in the athlete pool for Softball Canada. And um, I had done a lot of work. And I'm talking a lot of work on myself to get out of depression for good Mm -hmm. and feel good enough to say yes. And so I did. And it's crazy because I can now call myself an Olympic bronze medalist. So cool. Let's talk about that work. And I mean, just as you were telling the story, I have two kids, they're grown now or not grown, but you know, we're past all the, the under threes. And I just could feel like this, the overwhelm. And I have heard a couple of other Olympic athletes, male Olympic athletes talk about this sense of identity loss, but then coupled with the already sense of, you know, any woman who becomes a mother has this shift. So you've got these two huge pieces at once happening. How did you navigate through that? And and what did that work look like to come out on the other side? Yeah. So when I look at it, I look at you become a new mom and you already have no idea what you're doing because you've never done it. And no matter what anyone says, they can't explain it. And so we, I already had this moment of, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I went from being so particular, so dialed in. I knew what my body needed. I knew what I was supposed to do. I was so driven towards a goal. And now 
add that on top of me just having no idea what I'm doing as a mom. Mm-hmm. Definitely added, I would like to say it's like gasoline on a fire that was already going. So to be honest, I didn't do all that much. I actually yo-yoed in and out of depression for six years. And that's why I've kind of gotten into the line of work that I have today is because I don't want moms to waste time. Mm -hmm. I had an inability to get help. I didn't know how to express myself. I knew it wasn't good, but I didn't know who to talk to. There wasn't a lot of people talking about postpartum depression or any type of depression. And Mm -hmm. a lot of my really good friends were seemingly undepressed. And so I didn't want to just say how poorly I was feeling. So I really didn't do all that much. And then in 2018, it got really bad, very, very bad. Like I was at the bottom of the barrel. I couldn't get out of bed, didn't want to get out of bed, um, didn't understand the point of life, didn't understand what a full heart and love really meant because I just felt very disconnected and empty. And my husband actually made a call for me and set up everything. He was got me an appointment with a therapist, which we got into a fight over because I was, you know, all worried that people were going to now know I was going to therapy and they were going to think I was crazy. And, you know, I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. He sent a phlebotomist to the house because I wouldn't leave to go get my blood work done. So he sent a phlebotomist to the house to get my blood work done, to send it off to doctors, to start just digging into what was going on. So when I think of like the work I did, it's, it was therapy. I mean, I went once a week, then I graduated to twice a, uh, twice a month, and then I graduated to once a month. So a ton of therapy, mindset work. I figured out all my blood work, worked with a lot of doctors to work on that aspect. And then it was really just digging in and reading and listening to podcasts and doing everything I could to feel as whole. I really, if I really think about it, it's just as whole as I possibly could mm-hmm. to, you know, feel comfortable owning a business, being a mom and literally just being happy day to day. And just being you, it's enough, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So even as we celebrate, you know, you are a mom of three, you have your business, which I want to talk about. And we're celebrating this kind of status of being an Olympian. Do you find even now after this huge expansion, I'll think it's kind of the way I use the language on this podcast. Do you feel like there's a sense of that right now, having to kind of really go through another layer of that, like it's enough just to be me. Yeah. So after the 2020 Olympics, which happened in 2021, um, I definitely had this re-entry period mm-hmm. and I lost that focus of what I had, right. My happy place, the place where I have so much of my identity tied to on the field with teammates wearing Canada across my chest. I had to come in and, and the re-entry period was a little bumpy, expected, and I knew it. And, and my husband and I had worked together to have a plan. For example, even when I came home from Tokyo, we went to a hotel. Mm. Instead of just coming straight home, we went to a hotel to reconnect ourselves, to give me some time and space to not feel guilty if I had to go sleep since I was on mm. Tokyo time. And the kids were like, mom's home. Right. Mm -hmm. So we had a plan, but it was pretty, it was pretty bumpy. And it took me, I would say the first month, maybe six weeks to really realize that it's not softball, Lauren, like I'm Lauren Mm -hmm. and softball is part of me and it will always be, but I'm still Lauren and I'm excited to be who I am, what I'm doing today. And my success or my fulfillment within myself isn't tied to one aspect of what I do. Mm. Yeah. And I love that you had a plan and you just must have so many more tools at your fingertips now, right? Having this experience. So let's talk about 
the work that you do with other women as well. And how, what is that like? What's that vision? My husband and I own a company. It's called Strong Mom, Strong Fam. And basically what happened was after I got invited back in 2019, pre-pandemic, to get in the athlete pool for Team Canada, it really hit me that I would have not been able to say yes to this opportunity had I not taken care of myself. And the, the stigma of me trying to go get help and always, you know, wanting to spend my time on what can I do for my kids? Mm -hmm. It really dawned on me that the best thing I can do for my kids is be a happy, healthy mom. There's not like, there's nothing on earth I can buy them that would be more important than them seeing their mom, happy, healthy, confident, empowered. And it really just started, you know, getting into my brain. Like there are so many moms who do what I do and did what I did put everybody else first. And then the doors of opportunity, they, there's so many doors of opportunity out there for all of us. Right. And one of the things I like to say is not everybody's going to go to the Olympics. That's the reality. Very few people will, but I do believe that everybody has their own Olympics. Everybody has something that's driving them, something they want to do that they want to accomplish something that's bigger than them, something that they can train for and really, you know, have passion and purpose for and I sometimes think we let that fire go because mm -hmm. we're so worried about everybody else, but I don't believe, and I think I'm just living proof. I don't believe you have to choose. I believe you can still do what sets your soul on fire and be an amazing mom and do what you need to do for your family. And so Amen. we created this. Pro yeah. <laughs> Amen. Let's just take right? a moment on that point because mom guilt, right. And this idea, and you had to be away from your family for months at a time, but yes. I can just imagine that in, you know, that they're, they're all old enough now to be able to say like, mom, you're amazing. <laughs> and I want to do that one day, right? Like that, that they really can have both emotions of like missing you and admiring what you're doing. That's exact. That's exactly it. I don't feel like you have to choose. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we hide behind our families because we don't know what we want, or it's scary to go towards it. It's mm -hmm. scary to put yourself out there. Like, I will be honest. I was, I was scared. I hadn't been on a field, but two months in the last 12 years, mm -hmm. that wasn't an easy spot for me to be in. I was, I had a lot of times where I cried. I had a lot of self-doubt at times, just trying to work my way through situations, mm -hmm. but I do believe we can have it. I do believe we can have it both ways. And one thing I like to ask moms is just look at yourself where you're, where, where are you today? How are you with your confidence? How is your, how are your relationships? What's your communication like with your spouse? How do you feel about yourself? And then how would you feel if your kids at your age today felt the exact way you did? Mm -hmm. And a lot of moms would go, Ooh, I would want better for them. Cause I really don't feel all that great. I put everyone else's needs in front of mine, which means I'm not taking care of any of my own basic needs. So essentially we created a program to help moms. And that's what I do today is it includes it's, I was talking to my husband about this, actually, I don't know of any other, any other space that does this. There's the life coaching aspect. There's the fitness coaching aspect, but we do both. Cause I believe body and mind are one, right? Your body's a filter. If you feel good about yourself and you have energy, you're going to put more effort into doing things that are outside your comfort zone. You're going to have a smile on your face at soccer. If, even if you're there for eight hours in a row, there's just so many things that our family and ourselves can gain. If we just understand that we are not on the priority list instead of our family, we are on the priority list in addition to our family. Mm -hmm. 
So, and you focus on, you were saying mind and body. So it's, is it nutrition and fitness and kind of mental health? Yeah, it is. So I've been to therapy a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I also have been very fortunate through the Olympics to have the most amazing mental performance coaches. Mm -hmm. And I believe if it's good enough for someone who's training for the Olympics, it's good enough for anybody. So I've taken all of this you know, these exercises and everything as a purpose. It's it. And I went through it. I had to figure out what stories I was telling myself and and why I wasn't getting further and all the negative self-talk. And I had to become aware of how I was feeling and how, you know, the way I, I speak even about myself is important. So we work through those type of exercises to, at the end of the day, it's about empowerment to know that you can do what you want to do Mm-hmm. Because if you have the confidence to do so, so we do the mindset exercises and then we help, we write a program for people with whatever equipment they have. We help with nutrition. It's really just a, a whole package to create confidence because yeah. confidence at the end of the day is everything is everything. Yeah. Beautiful. And so as you are, you know, thinking about, you know, what's next, which is, I know I'm sure kind of a, a wonderful question. Are you excited just to have this next open space, what are you most looking forward to as you like enter this new chapter? Yeah. So I am so excited to be honest. I have been, we went into business. I went into business with my husband and the very beginning was littered of ups and downs with me of, of mentally struggling. And Mm -hmm. when you're going through depression and running and opening your own business, like Mm -hmm. there's already the yo-yo yo-yoing of entrepreneurship, which is very real, mm-hmm. you know, I'm on top of the world. This is amazing. I'm so glad we did it. And then, oh my gosh, we're going to be homeless. And I ruined my life. Like those ups and downs are real. And I never had a good grasp on understanding the failing forward in business because I was, I was just not in a place to mentally do that. And so now that softball's over, cause then I had a space where I felt great, but my focus was softball. Like it was my my life was around when can I get my bullpens in? When can I get my training in? Yes, I'm going to get my work in. Yes, we're going to build this business. Yes, I'm going to be a mom. Yes, I'm going to go to soccer and I'm going to go to volleyball and I'm going to go to lacrosse. But it still was the linchpin was softball because I knew the Olympics were coming up. And so that was taking priority. And so I actually just told my husband yesterday morning that as I go through my these mindset exercises that we have our you know moms that we work with do, I'm redoing them. And it's so cool to have a new lens. And I'm Mm. so excited to find ways, fail forward, figure out how to help more moms, figure out how to create a bigger platform. So there's more access. There's so many cool things that are in our, in my future that I'm really excited to focus on. So that's where I'm at. And then I'm, I'm now the 12 youth softball coach of uh, my daughter's Mm. softball team. So I'm pretty (laughs) stoked about that too. That's amazing. Um, I have, as I shared earlier, I have an 11 year old softball player and I'm always, you know, it's always the dads who are, who are coaching and they're doing amazing, but I'm like, where are these, where are them? I never played softball or I'd be out there, but like, where are the moms? So to have, I mean, what a blessing for them to have an Olympic softball player. Yeah, it'll be coach. fun. It's really well, it's awesome. funny. Everyone's asking me questions and I'm like, listen, they're 12. I'm yeah. getting the slip and slide out. We're going to put bubbles on it. We're going to learn how to dive. We're going to learn how to slide. Like we're going to make this fun because I want the kids to enjoy the game. That's at the end of the day, yeah. it's a game, right? You don't work softball. Like you play softball. So yeah. let's figure out how to play it and have fun. So I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. Do you find that there are parallels in the psychology of sports and everything you had to do there and entrepreneurship? Hundred percent. Like those be? there, 
there is not one difference. The flexible, being flexible, knowing that things aren't going to go to plan. They don't in sport. You can't predict what's going to happen. You can have a bad day. You can have a great day. The other team could have the best day of their life. It could be raining. There are so many unpredictable <laughs> things that happen in sport. Same thing with entrepreneurship. You think you're doing something and you project it going one way. And then you're like, wow, I didn't see that coming at all. So I think having a flexible mindset, the failing forward. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I was trying to explain to my husband, because he would say to me, Lauren, you are relentless when it comes to sport. Yet I was for a while, pretty fragile when it came to entrepreneurship. When something went wrong, I would just freak Mm. where when something went wrong in sport, I was like, well, of of course, kids work through it, the fail forward. And I finally learned an entrepreneurship. And I don't know if it's because I played softball for so long that I understood that we're on with entrepreneurship. It's newer, Mm -hmm. but the only thing you can do is fail forward. There is no failing Mm -hmm. there. You learn, and then you're a better version of yourself, your company, every single aspect it's built on incremental gains. That's and that's another thing with sport, especially when you get traction, you're not going to make these, you know, I'm not going to go from the softball player I am today to someone so markedly different because I've already made a lot of gains. So now it's about the incremental games and it's easy to look at the gap, right? In softball, it's easy to look at what I could do better Mm -hmm. in business. It's easy to look at what can I do better? It's hard to look and and mind your gains instead of the gap. Like, wow, look how far I came. Mm -hmm. So those are, I mean, literally every single thing of what I think of how I was taught in sport and what our mental performance coach had us do the exercises. If I just crossed out softball and sport and just put business, it is a hundred percent applicable. It's crazy. Yeah. And a life it's sport, life, business, parenthood, Mm -hmm. all of it. I wonder sometimes if we, if there's a vulnerability with motherhood and entrepreneurship, because we really feel like, you know, this, it's so much about who we are if we fail, you know, versus something we can kind of put out, you know, out further away distance from us. There's a vulnerability in there. And a lot of the women listening to this are entrepreneurs and moms, right? Juggling with both. What would be your biggest advice? And I, I think we touched on the mom guilt. It's, it's, Every one of us, even, I mean, I work, we have a lot of tools to work through it, but it's still a thing because <laughs> sure. it's from everywhere, but what, you know, whether it's mom guilt or something else, what would be, you know, what are, what's your advice to taking some of that expertise and bringing it into every mom Well, or every woman? Yeah. We're one person, right? We don't have a brain for mom and we don't have a brain for our business. And I'll I'll explain it the way that was explained to me because it it makes a lot of sense of what I would love for everyone to understand. I remember going to my mental performance coach and this was when the pandemic was going on and I was trying to figure out how I was going to do this. We had to close our brick and mortar doors. We have a fitness, like an in-person gym as well. And life was just crazy. And I went crying and I go, I don't think, I, I don't know if I can do this. Like I'm still training for the Olympics that we don't know are going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to save a business and I'm homeschooling three kids that have no interest in being homeschooled at all. They don't, they don't understand. It's not me assigning them homework. Right. And I had a freak out and he looked at me on zoom and was like, Lauren, you want three pies. You want a pie for business. You want a pie for um, softball and you want a pie for motherhood. And the reality is this, 
you have one pie. And in order to be great at anything, it is going to come a cost. If you're going to put a big slice into business, the cost is going to come out of motherhood and softball. If you're going to put a huge slice into softball, know what your cost is, right? Mm -hmm. Anything. And he was like, think of a surgeon. You spend hours in the operating room. It comes at everything great comes at a cost. If you want to, you know, think of only doing things as a mom, then it's going to cost you on the business side and it's going to cost you softball. So he was trying to explain to me, I'm one person Mm -hmm. and it's okay that I can't have one pie for every single thing. And he talked me off the ledge (laughs) and let me know it's not about the quantity. It's really not. It's not about having the biggest slice. It's about what can you do and make it as quality as possible. So I'm a big believer, even with my family, I would rather have a smaller amount of quality time, phones away, us connecting versus me mindlessly being with them for an extra five hours a day. Mm -hmm. And I think when, when I learned that I'm one person, I have one mind, I don't have three, you know, whole bodies or days for somebody else. Mm -hmm. I was able to let things go. I was, I didn't have that mom guilt when I wasn't at, at home. If I missed dinner, because I had a bullpen, I didn't have the mom, mom guilt because I knew I had a piece of pie for my family. And another thing is that helped me dramatically was I put everything on paper and it's all color coded. So when I looked at my schedule, I could be, I could be at my bullpen because I knew my teal colors family. I, I knew exactly where it was. Mm. I was able to just be present with where I was. And I was totally okay with it because I knew that in order to, to reach any goal, even being a big, a good mom, like mm-hmm. a, a present mom, because what, what does good mean? It's different to everybody, <laughs> but being a present mom, I knew that I had to, to own that piece of the pie. And then I couldn't do anything about the other pieces. I don't know. I, I don't know yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. but hundred percent, I think if we can understand we're one person and yeah. quality matters, I think our life would have a lot less stress. Yeah. And when you were talking, I share a lot on this show that what's one of the things that's really important to me that I've had to really learn to ask for And I want to hear how you, I I can't imagine you were able to do any one of these things without it, support. And not just like, yay, go Lauren, but like really hands-on, someone's got to drive the kids somewhere. How did you navigate asking for the support in order to do these three really big things, motherhood, entrepreneurship, and be an Olympian? Yeah. So my favorite, uh, it's actually a book too, which I would highly recommend, especially if a lot of entrepreneurs listen to your podcast. It's book. uh, It's who, not how it's the who, not the how and Mm -hmm. getting help for depression allowed me to, it opened my eyes that, wow, I don't have to do it alone. And then my husband introduced me to the book. It's the who, not the how and I had no problem asking it, like, how am I going to get my bullpen done? I don't know who can help me figure that out. Mm. How am I going to get my kids to practice? I don't know who can help me. I asked myself constantly, okay, who can help me with that? I don't know how to do everything. Mm-hmm. I'll be the first to say, I don't know is an answer. I say a lot, but I can find someone who does. And I think we can cut down on so one much stress two time. Mm-hmm. People want to help. Mm-hmm. If we just ask for help and we, and we, and we don't just 
blindly ask some random person, but if you really sit down and ask yourself, like, who would really help me in the, who could really help me in this situation? And you ask some people want to help. I know when people ask me questions like, Hey, could you help me do this? Sometimes I can't because of time restraints. There are times where you say no, because you're not able to, but there's also plenty of times we surprise ourselves. We're like, wow, you'll help us with that. (laughs) Absolutely. We had trains of cars, picking up our kids and bringing them to sports and bringing them home. And it's all in the who, how do I get things done? I don't get everything done. Mm-hmm. I figure out the who that can help me and it has alleviated a ton of stress. It's a great book. Okay. I'm <laughs> going to put it in the show notes so yes. you can find it after. That's amazing. And so true because we, we just can't, or even if we could, why would we want to? Yeah. Right? You know, it's funny <laughs> when I was in, lived in Chicago, uh, I was pregnant with my first, uh, da- our daughter and one of my neighbors said, you know, are you going to get help? And I was like, no. And she just looked at me and she goes, why? So they can write on your grave that you did it all by yourself. And I started (laughs) laughing. And now that, now that I'm like totally on the other side, I get it. Like you said, if you don't have to, why, why would you, we can alleviate so much stress. If we just ask for help or find the right people, hire the right people, whatever it may be, there's people out there to help us. And I, that's where, that's something that I am pretty good at is I'm more than happy to invest in things that help me have more control over my life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm more than happy to, to kind of go down that route. Or I look at things, I'll give you one more example. And I'm sorry, I'm a little chatty today. You know, people have a hard time asking family members for help, for example. And this is what, something that my husband told me. We look at, instead of asking for help, instead of putting people out, we look at as an, it being an opportunity for them to spend time with our kids. So when we at, when I asked my mother-in-law, hey, do you mind taking Grace to volleyball? Instead of, oh, tiptoeing around and being worried, I get excited that we're allowing them the opportunity to spend time together. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a quick mindset shift. It's the same thing when Dave was going to be with the kids. I left for almost six months and we had to work mm-hmm. through some things. And at the end of the day, Dave goes, you know what, Lauren, this is the coolest opportunity for me ever. When would I ever be the end all be all for all of our kids? Yeah. I wouldn't because when they scrape their knee, they come to mom. When they need homework done, they come to mom. So he was like, I'm looking at this as an opportunity and something that we're going to have as a bond between us forever. So instead of thinking it in a negative light, I always look at well, what's the opportunity here and who can, who can benefit if it's, a, you know, we want to make it win-win amazing. Yeah. That's beautiful. And you're just flipping the script, right? You're just changing yeah. the story. And anytime we do that, we can see something with a new light and a new way. I love yeah. that. Okay. One more question. And again, I it sort of crosses all of the, the areas, but I think is something that we talk about a lot on the show and I'm working on a lot and um, it's rest and recovery, right? So in, you know, from a sports lens, the importance of rest, but then just as human beings, the importance of just white space, how do you build that in and how is it important to you? Yeah. So again, it's why sport is exactly like life, which is exactly like entrepreneurship, right? Step away from your business. You'll be way more excited to get back and work it in and on your business. So Dave and I are, what we do is we schedule our week on Sundays and we do it together. And I have my little color coded system. I have this like Google sheet system. I love it. I put self-care in rest in. I literally put self, it comes up yellow, me and my colors. (laughs) Um, And I put it 
I make sure that besides meetings and things that I've had, I put the kids stuff in, I put the absolute necessary appointments that I have in, and then I schedule self. I schedule either an early bedtime. Uh, My husband and I switch, you know, I'll wake up early. Our daughter's on the early bus. So she's out of the door really early. So there'll be times where it's like, Hey, you need a little bit extra sleep and we'll put it on the calendar. Like I know by Friday he takes it. I'm kind of sleeping in for what our version of sleep in is, but (laughs) put it on our calendar. And I live and die by that calendar. If it's not in it, if this Mm -hmm. wasn't in my calendar, I wouldn't be here (laughs) because I live and die by my calendar. But I've also learned the importance of following through on something that you said you were going to do. And it's really easy to follow through when you have an appointment with someone else, but it's really easy to give up on yourself. Mm. And I used to give up on myself a lot. I would say, oh, it's okay. I don't need to get this workout in, or you know, I don't need to get this extra rest. But I've learned that all I would do is train myself to give up on myself. And that was part of the mental work that I have done to kind of get where I am today. Mm-hmm. So I have self on my schedule, like it is an appointment. Don't Mm -hmm. try and book a meeting. Like this is my time. I'm not going to say, yes, I can do it. And sometimes I think I'm going to work out, but sometimes I'm so tired. I go for a nap or sometimes I think I'm going to do a meditation and I have so much energy. I go for a run and move my meditation to right before bed, Mm -hmm. but it allows me space and time to get that rest and recharge because it is it's so important, especially running your own business. I mean, mm-hmm. just like, especially for an Olympic athlete, like recovery, rest and recovery is part of your training. Yeah. Okay. You touched on meditation. What does your meditation practice look like and how is it factored into this more vibrant version of yourself? Yeah. So I actually change sometimes, sometimes because I, I try and listen to what I'm able to do. So Heads, I do headspace. Mm-hmm. I really like headspace at night before I always do like a switching off and just kind of allowing myself to like, let go of everything that's happening in the day. Cause as you know, mom's business, when I was playing softball, especially I could replay a lot of things in my head. So that really helped me let go. And then I'll play another headspace in the middle of the day. Um, I try and do it in the morning and my whole job. I'm not the world's best at it. I tell people all the time. They're like, well, my mind goes everywhere. I said, well, mine does too. It's not like I have Mm -hmm. no thoughts ever, but it'll honestly, it allows me to check my emotions, right? If I feel like I'm wandering and I can just go, oh, I'm wandering. I'll just bring myself back, work on breathing. We did a lot of box breathing with softball. So working on breathing, but I last about five minutes in the day, but I'm okay with that. Like that's that's something's better than nothing. A hundred percent. Yes. And then my, my nighttime one is the one that really just calms me down, mm-hmm. but it's helped for me to just become aware mm-hmm. awareness. If you're not aware, you can't fix, you can't change. You know, it, it's helped me respond instead of react. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. It's a huge tool that I, you know, use myself in my life. And we talk about a lot on the show is just it's changed my life. It's changed my awareness. And like you said, that awareness is the key to everything, to really being able to listen, be able to hear the cues, being able to you know, know when something is off in this super intelligent being of which we are and, and then be able to make change. So yeah, you can't change what you don't know is there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Joy, because joy is in my experience, such a profound and vulnerable emotion. And 
the Rock Your Joy podcast, right, was born out of wanting to kind of share stories of women who are finding joy in the challenging times and in the celebrations. And so how are you cultivating joy these days? So that's a great question. And I do believe joy is a feeling that's so much deeper than saying happy, right? Mm -hmm. And when I think of joy, I think of fulfillment. When I think of joy, I actually think about the things that are really difficult that I've accomplished or that I'm trying to accomplish. When I think of happy, I think about putting on a really cool song and like rolling down my window and busting it out and it being pretty surface level. But everything I try and do is to create deeper relationships that helps for me. That's joy, like true Mm -hmm. joy and satisfaction, like an absolute fulfillment through my relationships. So that's something that I'm constantly working at. That's something that since again, getting help back in 2018, I've realized the importance of connection. So that's something my husband and I constantly work on. We even talk about wanting to work on it so much that we'll have like a couples program because it's just so important to us, Mm -hmm. but just finding that joy in just the, the regular days. Like I look at, I'm so excited to be this 12 year old softball coach, you know, for 12, not the 12 year old, but for 12 year olds, Mm -hmm. but things that a lot of times you're like, Oh man, you're going to go do that. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be time. And, but I'm really excited to do it. Things that I truly believe when I think of joy, it's like, they're not easy, but I did it. And it has value and it has purpose and it has passion. It's not just, you know, simple, fun, 20 minute time. Yeah. So it's essentially what we try and teach our our moms. And I do try and do everything that we teach them. Like I said, I'm re-going through mindset exercises and I'm trying to figure out who I am today, mm-hmm. what does bring me that most joy. And right now I can tell you just cultivating better connections is definitely the top of the list. Beautiful. Only because you and I talked about this 12-year-old and an 11-year-old daughter, and it really brings me to wonder not only what you'd say to a room full of 12-year-olds, but if you could go back and sort of have that same message for your 12-year-old self, what would you say? I've got goosebumps. Isn't it crazy? You can, you live life and you look back and you're like, oh, be you, like be unapologetically you. We are so taught to live in a box. We get these memos day after day about what's quote unquote right or wrong. And what is, Mm. I won't say acceptable because obviously you're not going to go around and just be yelling at people. Right. But I do think it's so important to understand that you, as you are, are more than enough and you don't have to try and change and whatever lights you on fire, go do that. Go do that as much as you can. Mm. So I know as a young girl, I would look around and look, and we all have a society and the way our brains formed is going to have us want to fit in, right? Because you want to be part of the tribe. If you weren't part of the tribe, you didn't survive, right? Mm -hmm. So I understand why we want to completely fit in. But if I could tell 12-year-old girls anything, like just you and the things that you love and the things that make you laugh till you pee your pants do those as much Mm. as you can. And you never know. The other, other thing I would say is be as curious as possible because Mm -hmm. you don't know what you're going to love. I tell people if I really thought if I, if I was going to be what I was at 12 years old, when I, I was going to be a hairdresser and live in trail British (laughs) Columbia, right. I would have never dreamed this big. So 
always be curious. Mm. Always. So that's, I love that. Be you things. and stay curious. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing this time, your story of triumph and all of the work you've put in to be the woman you are today, the mother you are, the Olympian you are. And I'm really grateful that you're sharing that journey, not only here in our space, but with women through your program. If people want to connect with you, where do they find you? You can find me at Lauren Regula, just all one word, just like regular without the R uh, on Instagram. And then we do have a private Facebook group, uh, Strong Mom. It's emotional and it's physical, mental, emotional mastery, which we're trying to help moms gain more ownership um, of all of all of them. And then Facebook, Lauren Bay Regula, and then web, my website's strongmomstrongfam.com. Amazing. And I will put all of those in the show notes for everyone listening. And um, I will continue to follow your journey. I just love watching you share life on Instagram through the ups and downs and real mom life. So mom life. thanks for doing <laughs> thanks. it. And um, thank you for being here and have a wonderful day. Thanks. You too. If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. Feeling inspired and want to share the joy? Leave a review so others can find the podcast more easily. Want to hang out more with me? You can find me on the interwebs at www.anyarock.com. That's A-I-N-E-R-O-C-K. And I'm also on Instagram at Anya underscore rock your joy. Till next time, rock your joy. This episode was produced by Dante32.